Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports. I'm your host, Cade Walker, and today's episode is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For those of you diehard Denver sports fans like myself, if you use DraftKings to bet on your favorite Colorado teams yesterday, uh, you might have even benefited from victories last night from both the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Rockies. That's right, Colorado teams went 2-0 against the the big bad LA teams last night. The Rockies specifically won an away game at Dodger Stadium, which is which is pretty unheard of for us. Um, and I think a lot of this had to do with the excellent pitching that we saw from Herman Marquez. Uh, Marquez was excellent last night, only allowing two runs in his seven innings. Uh, well, now I want to talk about Herman Marquez for a little bit, and at least his body of work for the season. So right now he's sporting a 4.58 ERA, which is not great um, for his standards, and just not great for an ace uh, in general. But I think I think this season he's been better than that number. Now he's not necessarily as dominant as he won it as he was in his first few starts, but he had that one 10 run game against Houston, and combined with the small sample size that we're going to see from the shortened season that really is going to impact his his ERA numbers. I mean, you take out those 10 runs and that's in the 55 innings that he's pitched, like that's that's a very very significant number. But all season aside from that game, he's been very consistent. Uh, last night was one of his better performances of the season though. Um, and it was really well timed and against a very dominant Dodgers team. So, uh, he picked a good time to uh, to get back into form, get back into mid-season form and start to dominate like we know he can. So I have faith that ultimately he'll be able to be consistent and reliable reliable top end of the rotation guy for the rest of this season. To top the pitching performance off, the Rockies um, actually were able to string together some offense last night as well, uh, which has definitely been something that they've struggled with all season. The Rockies went into the ninth inning tied with the Dodgers at two runs apiece, and then after three consecutive opposite field singles by Rockies, uh, starting with Ramel Tapia, Nolan Arenado finished it off by knocking in Tapia uh, with an opposite field single off of Blake Trainin um, to give the Rockies a 3-2 lead after Tapia reached base. Uh, Nolan's cousin, Josh Fuentes, was able to drive in an additional two runs with an opposite field double. So the Rockies were definitely able to come up with some late-game heroics last night to push them over the Dodgers. Hopefully they'll be able to continue finding some offensive success moving forward. Obviously, we have seen the Rockies struggle with that, and even their biggest stars. Like At times this season, Trevor Story has gone through short droughts. Nolan seems like he's been in a drought all season. Blackman started off the season hot, hotter than potentially he's, he's ever been, and then he's cooled off a little bit still. But hopefully the Rockies can still string together because as of now, they still have a spot in the playoffs. And if they want to push for that spot in the playoffs, they need to continue generating offense. Now, someone who's been a a big surprise for the Colorado Rockies offensively has been Rymel Tapia. Now, the rise of Rymel Tapia has been remarkable. And it's something I haven't really touched on yet in writing or in podcasting form. But Rymel Tapia has seen a lot more success than he has been. Before the season, I didn't really consider Tapia to be a strong contender to take uh, serious minutes, or not minutes, serious innings 
um, away from the big, uh, the bigger names on the roster like David Dahl, Sam Hillier, Charlie Blackman. Um, but with David Dahl being out, Tapia has been able to receive some opportunity, and I think he's done an excellent job at showing that he deserves uh, to continue to see this opportunity. And he's uh, he's done excellent so far. Um, he has nearly tripled his walk percentage from about 4.7% last season to 11.3% this season. And I think this has come from a, a very impressive increase in his plate discipline. Uh, last year, his chase rate uh, was just over 40%, and he's lowered that down to about 29.6%. That's a, that's a 10% difference in chase rate. That's that's very, very significant, and that's allowed him to nearly triple his walk rate. Um, in addition to this, this has allowed him to lower his strikeout rate by about 5% from around 22% last year to 17% this year. All of these stats are uh, per baseball savant. Um, add this to the fact that Tapia has placed himself in the 92nd percentile in outs above average, Rymel Tapia has firmly established himself as a positive player, and at times, maybe a little bit more than that. He's he's above average. Uh, the Rockies have been fortunate that at this point in time, Tapia is starting to realize his potential. I mean, he's been the best offensive player on the Rockies for short stretches of this season, and I think there's even a little bit more in the tank for him offensively as well. While he's been a tremendous positive. Uh, he currently holds an average expected weighted on base average in the 52nd percentile, which is good. That's just a touch above average. Um, but he's doing this despite having an average launch angle of 2 degrees. I, I'm actually really impressed with the fact that he's been able to keep up uh, both of those numbers, having an above average weighted on, expected weighted on base average while also hitting the ball at 2 degrees on average. Two degrees, uh, when a ball's hit at two degrees, it doesn't really matter how hard you hit that ball. That's a ground ball. Um, for reference, Nolan Arnauto's average launch angle last season was at 17.6 degrees. And that's more of a quality line drive that gets over the infield, um, and gets into gaps, you know. So I think that if Ramel Tapia is able to elevate the ball more consistently and place the ball in some gaps, Tapia could even see more success. Uh, he has, if he can raise that average launch angle from two degrees, say up to even 15 would be beneficial for him. I mean, 10 would be beneficial for him at this point. But if he's able to maintain that quality of contact and, and raise it a little bit, because balls in the air are at least, not, not necessarily fly balls, but balls in the air and off the ground are more likely to fall. So if Tapia is able to maintain that quality of contact, raise them off the ground, then you'll see an even more significant rise in his success. Now, what we don't want from Tapia, though, is in years past, he's had average launch angles of um, probably around that target. And we've seen um, him anywhere from 11 degrees to 18 degrees, and it's dropped 2 degrees this season, which... It usually doesn't work like that. Usually guys raise their average launch angle before seeing significant offensive success. Um, but he wasn't hitting the ball as hard. I think that's the huge difference here. 
you have to hit the ball both hard and in the right places. Um, so I think he's been doing both of that, but I think he'll, if he can maintain that quality of contact, maintain his ability to hit the ball hard and bump that up a little bit, he'll, he'll take off even more. Now, uh, I wanted to stop here, and I wanted to talk really briefly about DraftKings, uh, sponsor of our show. So now, now is the time to celebrate. That's right. Football is here. Uh, yesterday was the last Sunday about NFL football. To kick off football's 101st season, DraftKings Sportbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all users a no-brainer to start the season. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Well, for Week 1, DraftKings is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in historic fashion, you would still cash your bet. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Kansas City plus 101 points for all users. So even if Kansas City loses by 100 points, you still win the bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. That's a no-brainer. And yes, Broncos fans, that means you can still root for Kansas City to be blown out opening week and still also win your bet. Plus, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all users who enter their free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you'll instantly get up a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS to take advantage of this no-brainer of an offer. That's promo code MHS to get in on all of the action for limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So something that has come up for the Rockies that has been somewhat unforeseen. The beacon of consistency and success in the middle of the Rockies rotation has fallen off this season a little bit. This has been unprecedented. Uh, Nolan has been one of the most consistent players offensively and defensively for his entire career in the major leagues. And the Rockies hopefully, or have tried to rely on him um, as long as he's been the pinnacle of the Colorado Rockies. But this season he is barely if even an average player to play now something i do want to note um, before i get into his offensive game is that nolan arnado had a down year uh defensively two seasons ago he was still excellent last year but this year he has taken it to a new level um he is second in the entire major leagues in defensive run saved first among all infielders he's first in ultimate zone rating and uh, the outs above average numbers haven't come out yet for infielders, uh, but I wagered that he's up there. Like he has to be top three in those numbers as well. Like he's been remarkable on defense. Um, he has nine defensive runs saved this year, and the next closest infielder, Dansby Swanson, has seven. Um, and that's really this, Something that you love to see from Nolan Arno, especially once he's struggling at the plate. Uh, the next closest third baseman, 
uh, in the major leagues per defensive run saved has been Brian Anderson with five defensive runs saved. That's right, Nolan Arnado has almost twice as many defensive runs saved as the second closest third baseman at um, in the entire major leagues. Uh, that's very noteworthy, and at least he's excelling on one side of the ball. However, on the other side, Nolan Arnado is still struggling at the plate, and he's been struggling all season. So I talked about Nolan Arnado on this podcast about a month ago when it was becoming uh, concerning how much his hitting had started to decline. Now, I don't think this is permanent. I don't think he's going to be an average to below average hitter for the rest of his career. Uh, and maybe he might not even hit at this level for the rest of the season. But I, And I think he has the capability to return to the MVP Nolan that we all know and love. Um, but the last time I mentioned and discussed Nolan Arenado and his offensive woes this season, I mentioned his batted ball profile. And I mentioned that his batted ball profile suggested at that time that he was getting unlucky and that he should soon return to form. At this point in time, I think it's way past that. I don't think there's anything in his batted ball profile at this point in time that suggests he should be hitting it much better than he is. And unfortunately, that's that's just how the numbers look. Um, he certainly made some sort of adjustment because he strikes out at a lower rate than anyone in the league. Literally, he strikes out less times per plate appearance than anyone else. But the problem is he's not hitting the ball hard. I noted his unusually low batting average on balls in play last time, and now how it's around the 230s, whereas usually, almost every season in his entire career, his batting average on balls in play is in the 310s. That's like a nearly 80-point difference. But I think the explanation for that discrepancy isn't necessarily him being unlucky uh, at this point in time. Previously, that's what I thought, but looking at his batted ball profile now, I don't think it's luck. I think it's simply quality of contact. Like I discussed with Ramel Tapia earlier, um, Tapia started hitting the ball harder, and that's what led his offensive success. And I think Nolan Arenado has plateaued a little bit in terms of his quality of contact, and maybe not even just a little bit. He just has plateaued, hit that plateau very significantly, and that's where we're at in terms of how well Nolan is hitting the ball, how well he's striking it. Uh, And I think this is something that Nolan is aware of. I think Arnauto is very well aware of the fact that he's not striking out at all, but at the same time he's not hitting the ball. Um, And he's definitely frustrated. And at this point, it's up to him to make that adjustment because I think this is something that's not necessarily a physical adjustment or something in his swing that's wrong. Because if I look at his swing, it's... It doesn't look like it's any different than years past, but I think it's a mental approach because hitting um, hitting is controlled aggression, and if you start hitting the ball to not get out rather than hitting the ball to, say, drive it in gaps, drive it over the fence, that's when you start getting into trouble because hitting... Uh, at baseball in, in general, as Yogi Berra said, 90% of the game is mental and the other half is physical. With such a significantly mental-heavy game, even if you have the physical skills down, if you don't have that mental approach, then you definitely see some fall-off in your performance. And maybe maybe that's not what Nolan's issue is, but I think I think it might be. I think if he 
cared less about striking out and started just trying to murder the ball, he would see a little bit of an increase in quality of contact. Um, but that's not for me to decide. And I, I know Nolan knows what he needs to do, and I, I definitely trust that from him. He uh, definitely has one of the hardest is one of the hardest workers on the team, has one of the best work ethics in the game. So uh, we'll see what he does, and hopefully he gets hot in time for the playoffs. Hopefully he gets hot to carry the Rockies down the uh, this last stretch of the season. We're already two-thirds of the way through the season. Um, this season's been flying. So hopefully he, he can kick into gear, and I think I think he can. I think he's willing to do so. I think he knows what to do. Um, and I think he knows that the Rockies need him if they're going to do anything of substance in these playoffs. Um, something that I did want to talk about briefly is that his th- this performance this season does have significant bearing on his opt-out clause in his contract. If he can't hit well in Colorado anymore, if that's the factor, if it's an environmental thing, he might want to consider a change of scenery. Hopefully that's not the case. But I hope it's rather that he needs to make a mental adjustment in his offensive game than uh, an environmental adjustment and move out of Coors Field. Um, I don't want to see that as a Rockies fan, but at the same time, as a as a fan of Nolan Arenado, I do want to see him in a place where he can be the most successful. And hopefully that place is Coors Field, but if it's not, that's up to him. Uh, to close this out, I did want to uh, cover a couple things in other news in terms of injuries. Um, David Dahl is taking BP, and he um, he has returned to the team in some capacity. He hasn't played uh, in a few weeks, and he didn't really look good at all when he was healthy. Um, so I'm not sure where he slots into the lineup when he comes back with Hilliard, um, this newfound Rymel Tapia, as well as Charlie Blackman. Uh, maybe he takes over for Hilliard. Um, I mean, it's not like Hilliard has been all-star, uh, but he's it, Hilliard has still played pretty well. Um, so we'll see what happens to Dahl. I'm sure they'll ease him in, ease him back into it, see how he's playing and see how he feels. Um, also in what should be good news but may not be good news, uh, Wade Davis is also throwing bullpens. Um, he's getting closer to being healthy and being used. Um, but I don't believe he'll take... Daniel Bard's spot as the closer. Daniel's, uh, Daniel Bard's been doing reasonably well. He has one of the best uh, pitching profiles in the league in terms of spin rate and velocity, so I believe that they'll keep him uh, at the back end of the rotation. Also, with the addition of Michael Givens, I, I'm not sure if Wade Davis has much of a real spot in this bullpen either at this point in time. So, uh, with with that, did want to wrap up this episode of the 20th and Blade podcast, again presented to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and hopefully you'll tune in next time to 20th and Blake. Follow me on Twitter at Cade Walker NBA. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.